Welcome to the Teachers Podcast in association with Classroom Secrets, the podcast that's here to help teachers. Whether it's discussing the latest issues in education or sharing top tips for use in the classroom, if you work in education or want to know more about the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Now, please welcome your host, former teacher, life work balance advocate and successful business owner, Claire Riley. My guest today, Annabelle Jeffco, is a coach who aims to help teachers achieve a life work balance, something that I really, really love. So Annabelle herself experienced stage five burnout when she was in her early 20s. And she reached a point during lockdown where she had a choice. She could dive back into her fitness studio or she could follow her heart and start her business, Balance for Teachers, to help teachers who had been pouring everything they had into helping their pupils during such challenging times. So Annabelle's vision is to reduce stress-related illness in the education sector. And so she's here today ready to share tips on saying no and doing so without feeling the guilt. I personally found this conversation really valuable and I learned some things as well. So I'm really hoping that it does the same for you. Annabelle, welcome to the Teachers Podcast. Thank you. Lovely to be here. So we're going to talk about something that I'm really passionate about today. Um, So let's just get straight to it. So your business is Balance for Teachers and your business aims to establish a a life-work balance for teachers. Now, I know you said work-life balance, but my thing is, oh, life-work balance, because life is so important. Um, And one of your strategies is about saying no. So can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so balance for teachers, our intention and goal is to help teachers to reduce anxiety and switch off, right? So um, when I was just listening and hearing what teachers were saying to me, a lot of them was like, I always feel anxious. I'm laying at bed at night overthinking. Um, I feel so overwhelmed. And you've probably heard all of these words quite often. Um, So our intention is to reduce stress-related illness in the education sector. And one of the ways that we look into doing this is the strategy through saying no, because as much as we want to be calm and present, if we don't gift ourselves the space to do that, we won't get that opportunity to feel calm and present. So it's about um, letting go of asking for permission all the time from our external environment and going back to, okay, who am I? What do I want? Where do I want to go? So that we know what we're going to say yes to and what we're going to say no to. Because there's only so, so you know, you can't say yes to everything in the world, can we? Um, and it's like, what other things are we spending our time on? Because time is valuable, especially for a teacher. Um, it's really valuable that you focus your intentions um, to be able to show up fully in front of your class. So Balance for Teachers, it's, it's all about really understanding and learning to listen to yourself. When I work with teachers, I, want to, I love it when they come back to me and they go, oh, I said no today. And it just sounds like a little kid that's gone, oh, I found this new word. Um, But it's because it can feel challenging, but it is possible when you learn to listen to yourself. Oh, I love that. What I really picked up on there was when you're talking about permission and giving yourself permission. And that's something that I'm working with both of my coaches on at the moment, just giving myself permission. And um, I do wonder a lot of the time, what is it that I actually brought from teaching? You know, we've all got traits in ourselves, haven't we? but I do see, especially because I went into teaching quite young, it kind of shapes a lot of who you are as a young adult, I think, um, in in the mindset that you develop and what you see other teachers do as well. Um, so I think that's such an important thing, giving yourself permission. 
and being okay with giving yourself permission because sometimes I think oh I need to give myself permission but I don't feel like I deserve it or I think well why should I have that when I don't see other teachers might have that but you co- you've got to come from a place of deserving which is really hard to do mm, definitely I hear it. like there is a pattern that I hear from teachers in terms of the, the story of I'm not good enough right mm. so it comes from that underlying story of you know I'm not good enough as a teacher and the description of what they believe or perceive a teacher should look like so definitely when you're young as a teacher as you said it sculpts you because you're looking around and we won't go too deep into the mindset of this on this this podcast because it will probably go on for hours I'm sure but um we have layers to our conscious mind right so we have our conscious mind our subconscious and our unconscious mind and as we go around our day-to-day basis we create pictures in the world around us and we see the world as from the position that we are in so if we're going in and we're going oh like all the teachers I see are working all the time if I'm going to be a good teacher I have to work all the time now you don't know that they're not like working till six switching off they don't have kids they have no other responsibilities they might be just going home putting their feet up coming back the next day right there'll be other people that have hobbies they might not have children but they might be caring for older parents or uh, maybe they're moving house and they've got life events so we don't see the whole picture of someone else's life the only thing we see is what we perceive in that moment as an ECT or NQT um you tend to find that we go in and we're working with experienced teachers that are are mentoring us, right? So we go, oh, they just know everything, right? They know it all, like they, they can do it. They show up and the class is quiet and they behave themselves. And we set this expectation that I should be like that, right? You shouldn't be anything. You could be like that. One day you could be. And that's why language is really powerful. A lot of teachers, I say, I hear them say, I should be doing this. I should have done all my marking. I should have done X, Y, Z. Well, no, you could have, but you chose differently in that moment. And guess what? You can choose differently again. So a lot of people, as you were saying there, Claire, a lot of people come into the education sector, look around and go, everyone knows what they're doing, right? It's not necessarily in education, it's anywhere. You start anywhere new and you feel like, I don't know anything. Am I good enough? I think a teacher should look this way. And then we put this expectation of how we should look and we try and meet it and we beat ourselves up if we don't. And it's like, oh, I see that everyone's saying yes to everything. That might not be true right? They might have just said no to something, but you weren't in the room. So it's about instead of looking externally and going, this is the picture I see, it's going, okay, where do I stand? And what kind of teacher would I like to be? Like you can take influence and inspiration from others for sure. That's how we learn and grow, but we don't necessarily have to be the same as We just get to go, you know, I was inspired by a teacher when I was growing up. Maybe it's because they listened to me. I'm going to make sure I make time to listen to the children and hear what they're saying, right? So it's about going through your experience, no matter how long you have, and then just tapping into other people's experience by being curious, you know, asking the questions. It looks to me like you're always working. Is that true? And they'll probably go, no right? Or I've got this amazing hack that I can show you on how I save time. So curiosity breaks down that barrier. Mm. 
I think a lot of it is about perception as well. Um, and I, I was writing some content this morning, actually, around when I moved from secondary into primary school, I worked with an NQT and then there was, there was some senior leaders in the school and there was this kind of culture of like glamorizing overworking as well. And they, I remember they used to get the NQT to stay with them and she'd stay in school till like eight o'clock at night and then they'd pull an all-nighter because they could because they had keys. And it was supposed to be this amazing thing and I used to turn up the next day and think, how how is it? How, how is this possible? <laughs> how is this happening? But just the, the culture that, that that NQT was then in was really unhelpful mm-hmm. um, at the beginning. And I suppose, you know, the perception might be that they worked really hard, but I don't think they did. It, it's not that they didn't work hard, but a lot of that time, they couldn't be productive. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how is that even possible? Mm. Get that. And um, I think it's very tricky because there's not necessarily like a criteria in education in terms of when you're mentoring what is the ideal because everyone's unique and every school is slightly different you have academies you have different versions of schools nowadays um so it's looking at it and coming back to yourself and yes you might that teacher as an NQT will be going in quite vulnerable And it might be, unfortunately, that they have to go through that experience to realize it's not what they want, right? The power lies in learning in what you don't want. So sometimes I hear people say, oh, you know, I just feel stuck, right? I just feel stuck. The school's culture is all about working every hour. And if I haven't got my uh, criteria for my classes or my lesson plans for my classes back by Friday, then I get it in the neck, right? Mm. Now, that's the point we get to take a breath and go, well, is this the right school for me? Because there are people out there that can work around the clock. They don't necessarily have um, high stress levels or an inability in their physical body to reduce stress. They may not have life events going on. So it's about finding the harmony that works for you. And I've worked with teachers who, during working with me, we've, we've swapped schools, Right. And all I've done is coach them. I never made the choice for them. I just coached them and sat back and listened. And they went, oh, you know, I just don't like where I am. And I just got curious and went, okay, what specifically don't you like about where you're at? And I say this to people that are looking to leave teaching as well. What is it specifically? If you are specific, you can then create a solution to solve that problem. If you just say, I don't like it, it's like a child coming up to you and going, I don't like it. And you're going, okay what am I going to do with that? Right? Mm-hmm. I, I can't move you forward. Whereas when you say to yourself, okay, I don't like this situation. What specifically is triggering me to feel anxious? Um, and then you look at, okay, is there a solution where I can stay where I'm at? Can I talk to someone? Can I find an opportunity to solve this problem where I'm at? If it's a deep rooted culture, like you cannot change that mentor that was pulling that NQT in, right? And that NQT probably just had to ride her time during that stage, but she would have learned not to choose a school that did that, right? Um, Hopefully, fingers crossed. So um, what we've got to do is then go, okay, well, I don't like this. And actually the culture and the core values and the purpose of this school and the leaders does not align with me. There are hundreds of schools out there that are doing it right. There are hundreds hundreds of like head teachers, senior leaders that are inspiring their team And they're saying, do you know what? I don't work weekends. I saw a post on LinkedIn from a headmistress and went, 
I don't work weekends, haven't worked weekends for years. And I actually have a go at my staff if they work weekends. Right? Well, to a point, she says, if you want to do it, you can, but there's no expectation for you to do it because you don't want to take someone's power away either if they mm-hmm. choose to work at a weekend. So yeah. I think it, like you said, it comes down to looking around you and going, is it for me or is it not for me? And that's the point you need to learn. Like, do I need to say no to this school? Yeah, I love that how you're bringing it back to saying no. So why is it important then for teachers to find a way to say no more often? So in our bodies, we have something called allostatic overload. Now, I'm not going to get super sciencey today. We'll keep it kind of mainly work on mindset to begin with. But um, our body's system, nervous system, has its capacity, right? There is a capacity that we get to and that's it. And that's when we can start leading into burnout, stress-related illnesses, getting sick. And guess what? If teachers get sick, you know, we've had it through the pandemic, having to isolate and things like that. Um, then the kids don't have a teacher. They don't have consistency. Um, I'm very much a person that monitors the stats in education because of our vision on balance for teachers. You know, we want to reduce stress-related illness. So we want to be looking at it and going, is that number going down? Um, and the teacher wellbeing index is one of the, from Education Support UK, is one of the things I always read when they release it. So they didn't release it through the pandemic, but they did in uh, 2021. They did the update and it was 70% of teachers that were literally at a point, at breaking point. And I'll get the stats for you because it's drawn from my mind right now. It was 70% that said their workload was the main reason that they were looking to leave teaching. And 80% were senior leaders, right? That's huge, right? That's And I, I think it was like 54% of teachers in the last two years considered leaving, right? And that wasn't necessarily due to le- workload. They just were like, I can't do this. Now, we can shout and scream as much as we want, but for me, it's like, how can I serve one person at a time in education? And I get these messages come back to me saying, um, oh, the best one was from the classroom where one of the teachers came back to me and she went, my, my class are correcting me. <laughs> they said I sounded too negative <laughs> and that I needed to find a solution and I was like amazing and I had another teacher that, that worked in um, a special needs school and one of the children were very uh, much uh, very defiant right and she would retaliate or get very angry and she just walked up to her and said um, miss I'm feeling very angry today I don't necessarily want to read yet can I just go and have some space for me and she was like sure right and she went off had some space came back less than 10 minutes later sat down and read a book and she she came back to me and went Do you know what the reason why she did that is because since working with you every morning I come in and I let the class know how I feel and I give make an agreement with them that you know if I'm having a bit of a rough morning can we work together in order to get through this class and she just mimicked right mm-hmm. so learning how to say no is saving your capacity so you don't burn out. It's teaching the next generation how to say no so that they realize that you don't have to say yes to everything and that you can have time for yourself and it's allowed and you're okay to switch off. And they mimic that. They learn that and they realize actually it's okay to listen to myself. And then 
kind of for me as well, it's that ability to learn to say no, to look after your health, to look after the next generation's health and really change that education sector so that we have the consistency in education and not like getting supply teachers in or swapping over and sort of affecting that education, that safety feeling, not only for the children, but for the teachers. Um, Because as a teacher, you don't want to be thinking, am I going to be sick next week? I read a post yesterday, actually, from a teacher that kept losing her voice. And she's like, it's not my fault. It keeps going, but I can't do my job. So she's constantly fearing, am I going to leave, lose my voice again? Right. And you don't want to be like, oh, you know, am I going to burn out again? Am I going to have a situation where I just can't show up for class and I can't do what I'm passionate about? So it's really coming back to that importance of saying no, not just for others, but for yourself, because it even comes down to um, saying no to your own to-do list, right? I love that. Have you ever said this one, Claire? I'll just do one more thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and often you don't even do that extra thing. You just look at your list and half do some of the things that are not useful. Yeah, right? And there's deeper reasons we're doing that. So it's not just about saying no to the external environment, if it doesn't align for you, it's also saying no to that part of you that might be trying to control. It might be trying to um, like tick the boxes, you know, make yourself feel like you've achieved something by getting through this massive A4 list of things to do, which is impossible, will never happen, right? So it's about saying, okay, no, I'm not, I'm not going to stay late at work tonight. I'm going to go home. That's my boundary. Right. Mm. So it's not just about externally saying no. It's also about listening to yourself and saying no when you are doing it to yourself. And I get how frustrating it is because I remember when I was burnt out and I had a phone call um, with my mother, actually. And she said, Annabelle, you're at war with yourself when I was like really burning out. And I was so annoyed. I was like, I'm not doing it to myself. Right. I'm not doing it to myself. And I look back now and go at any point I could have said no. Mm and chose not to it's so hard to see though it's so hard to see when you're really in it mm-hmm. um and I think you know we have this as teachers we have this addiction I think sometimes to our to-do list thinking that we're helping our future self but it, it kind of never even pans out like I used to laminate which I would never do now because um I, I wasn't you know it wasn't as much of a oh this is really bad for the environment then um but it, I, I never used them again because I'd moved school, I'd moved class, the kids would wreck them, I'd find a mistake on it. So I would never use it again. So it didn't help my future self. But in my mind, I was like, if I just do this now, I'm helping my future self. So mm. that when it comes to the holidays, I can have a break. Or, you know, the weekend, I don't have to work. But it get there and I go, oh, well, I'll help my future self again. Yeah. It's that. So what I hear a lot from teachers is I want to be able to be present and calm. Like I want to be able to sit with my family and really enjoy it. I want to be able to put my phone down, get off, leave my laptop at work. I love that one. I have a fantastic teacher I've been working with for about six months. And when she came to me, she worked every evening and every weekend. And a couple of weeks ago, she said to me, she went, I tried to bring my laptop home and I couldn't. And she was like, it just felt weird, right? So we'd worked together to gradually get her to that point. And I think a lot of people think I'm just going to have a work-life balance, right? It's just going to happen. 
Mm. And we have to remember that there is a part of us that is used to what we're doing now. So as you were saying a moment, you know, in the moment, it's hard because, you know, you wouldn't expect if you put a SATS paper, for example, in front of a child, but never taught them any of it. Like they probably have a complete meltdown or they would just walk away and ignore it or they'd scream and shout all reactions because they don't know what's coming. We prepare children for what's coming and we never really think about preparing ourselves. So saying, okay, well, I want to say no more. Great. So what is part of you afraid of? Right. What what part of you is saying yes? Is it because you want to please people because you don't want to dislike you? Is it because you're worried that you'll lose your job? Is it because, like, there's a multitude of reasons. And one of her reasons was, you know, I have to bring my laptop home because I won't be able to keep up. And if I keep up, I might lose my job. If I don't keep up, rather, I might lose my job. And it's going, okay, well, then how do we show you that even if you don't work two nights in a week and the weekend, that actually you're more productive? So we did it gradually. And guess what? She's become more productive because she doesn't have brain fog. She's not overwhelmed. So her nervous system isn't overloaded, right? She isn't in a position where she's making mistakes all the time. And she's getting rid of the stuff that's not necessary and having an incredible weekend being present with her family. I had a great message from her going, um, I've just literally spontaneously gone and bought a cookie, sat by the river, didn't have my phone and spent two hours there doing nothing. And I don't feel guilty. And I was like, yes. You're like, I can't even explain, Claire. When, when I get messages like that, I'm literally jumping up and down with like a yes, right? Because for me personally, having been through that and taking 10 years to recover, like I don't want anyone in this generation or the next generation to have to go through that because it's not necessary. You shouldn't need to. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, the key thing that you're saying is about it being gradual mm-hmm. and I completely agree with that it's it doesn't help to have some sweeping gesture and this is why sometimes I think as well it's hard for leaders because if leaders could take some massive thing away sometimes it, it gets filled by other things not from the leader's perspective but perhaps from a teacher's perspective because we're not prepared for that change mm-hmm. um, and so I, I absolutely agree and that's something I've learned as a leader uh, in education that a big sweeping gesture is not helpful that it has to be these small steps that we prepare for and then action and it's almost like I suppose it's like blowing a balloon up very slowly you've just got to kind of like find a place for the air and then you add a bit more air and you find a place for that and um, it's very difficult to go from one thing to another that's very very different in a short space of time. It's very challenging for leaders because what we tend to do is we look to people to save us. So when I was very much in that yeah. burnout, I got my attention from being a victim, right? I got my attention from, um, so my burnout got to the extreme of seizures. So I would have seizures. My body would shut down from the anxiety. Glad to say I've been seizure-free for over seven years now. So no medication or anything like that, just lifestyle changes, work-life balance. And what we get to appreciate is that when we look for people to save us, we, we make ourselves powerless, right? And teaching already uh, as a teacher, not necessarily as a senior leader, as a teacher, it, it runs with like the NHS profession and things like that. People like helping professions, um, they tend to have the most stress-related illness because they feel powerless. 
And my role is to help people to take their power back, whether it's through language, whether it's through listening to yourself and actually stand in your own to feel calm and present and make choices for yourself. Now, as senior leaders, if you've got someone who, I don't know, had an experience when they were younger and it locked in with them that they had to do more in order to be seen and you go in and say, well, you don't need to do any of that. They're going to want to do it, right? Because it's so ingrained in them, which is why I haven't gone straight into schools and going, I'm going to go and do a workshop. One, I don't want to waste two hours of your time, right? (laughs) Because you're not going to take that all in and it's going to be a gradual change. It's more about saying, okay, how do we inspire the teachers to choose differently by setting the example? So if you are having a work-life balance as a leader and they see that it's possible and that actually you're you're not going to have a go at them for doing that, then they'll start to shift. I've worked with a lot of teachers that have had negative experiences of leaders where they've got it, they've been bullied basically within the school. Um, so they've then gone to a new school. Now, if we want to coach people into a new behavioral pattern, what we have to do is repetition, authority and impact. In other words, that teacher has to time and time again, take an evening off and not get moaned at. Mm -hmm. And then they start to realize like, oh, I actually feel better, impact. Yeah. And then over time they go, okay. And the authority is when they're coming in and they're going, oh, the kids are still learning. I'm still getting praise. I'm still getting all of these things happen and the world hasn't caved in. Now, sometimes impact, repetition, authority is sudden because it's quite dramatic and it causes an immediate change. Sometimes that does happen. But most often it's when you have a a team of teachers and you're praising, it's a bit like a classroom really. It's It's nothing new, but we haven't related it from the classroom into the school, like staff room per se. Um, So I see so many things on behavior management where people are talking about saying, okay, there is a good child. Pay attention to the child doing the right thing. Don't give attention to the child kicking off, right? Same thing, right? Don't give attention to the person who is doing excessive amounts of work and pushing themselves to breaking point. Give attention to the person who is balancing their work and still getting results. So they're doing seven out of 10 and not 11 out of 10. If that, mm. if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And it's getting that culture by understanding the purpose of the school and understanding that, and that there is a culture of work-life balance and the people that want that will be drawn to the school. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And that's something that we've even been looking at Classroom Secrets as well, because what can happen is obviously we employ a number of ex-teachers and things have happened in different schools that, that people have been in and and there's kind of um, an acceptance and, and we talk about how we're all bringing things from schools in, into Classroom Secrets, even though it's maybe, well, it's definitely not anything like school. And, you know, something that we're even working on right now is demonstrating how we're looking after our life work balance. Things like when you're in school, it was really hard to do different instead of more because it was just like, oh, here's an extra thing. And so we can say, let's do different, not more. But unless we're giving examples, and I actually give examples in the newsletter, at Class of Secrets around, listen, this thing I'm doing is different, not more. Because it's important that you see that I, I'm also doing that. 
so that we so that it's safe mm-hmm. feels safe for us to do that yeah because as humans we want to fit in right even from birth we are trying to please we are trying to survive because you need to you know if you watch a two-year-old child right if the room gets tense they will do something cute right they will try and get rid of the the, the room's dynamic because they don't want to be lost or rejected or pushed away because they need food to survive and they need that support, right? So as we get older, we still want to fit in, but there is a fine balance between fitting in and being authentic. So for example, if you go to a school and it doesn't align with your purpose and core values and you are trying to fit in by being something you're not, like working all the hours of the day, but your body's going, please let me rest, right? There are people out there that can work long hours and their bodies will do it. And there are people out there who won't be able to. I often hear female teachers going through menopause, going through different changes in their body. Um, Even the normal monthly cycle for females, some weeks in the month, they don't necessarily have as much capacity as other weeks in the month. Some women don't have any problem at all. They have cycles quite easily. Um, and they go straight through it, right? Some people at the other end of menopause, some people in perimenopause. And you know, there are guys out there that also have concerns hormonally and have concerns with depression and anxiety and things. So I think it's really coming back to that idea of listening to yourself and making sure that you align with what the culture is. So I always say to people, when you go to an interview, they're not interviewing you, you are interviewing them. You're going into that interview thinking, is this a school I want to work in? Is this a leader I want to work for? Do we align? Because if you don't, don't work there, right? It's not going to benefit them and it's not going to benefit you. Yeah, yeah. We talk about this in business a lot. It's all about having the right fit and and schools are the same and there's a lot more choice as well. So it's important to to flex that. Um, okay, so you're a teacher and you're listening and you're thinking, wow, this is really interesting. I can uh, I can change things in my life with balance. What actionable steps can you give a teacher that they could implement now that would help? Mm-hmm. So in terms of the, the biggest thing is taking time out, you know, and listening to yourself in terms of where you're at right now. And the good thing is you can always change this. Right. So uh, we, we talk about it in when we run businesses and things like that. And I'm sure you do a lot of this, Claire, as well, is mm-hmm. sitting back and going, why am I here? Right. Why am I here? What is my purpose? And it's a deep question. It's not something that's going to just rise up for you straight away. And guess what? You can change it. Right. If you go, well, actually, no, it's this. Now, the reason stress reducing stress related illness is important to me is because on my journey, I experienced it. And I don't want in my heart of hearts, don't want anyone else to feel the way I felt. Right? I don't want people dragging themselves out of bed. I don't want people in a position where they're crying silently, because they literally have no energy to cry. Right? I remember sitting there and just tears running down. I was like, I don't even know if I can get up. Like um, having that isolation feeling, depression, being in a situation where life just, you feel like you're existing and you're not actually living, right? It's horrific. When I was having seizures, I didn't have control over my own body. So it's like, I don't want people to go through that situation. It's not necessary. What you have to do is step back 
listen to yourself and say, okay, why am I here? What is my purpose? Now, originally in my in my previous chapter before Balance for Teachers, it was about empowering women to live confidently because I had a really bad breakup that caused a lot of catastrophic drama. And I was like, I don't want any other female to go through that. And then I created a business around that. And then I was like, well, actually, I don't feel it's refined enough because I don't want to just work with women. And I don't want to just put it down into that. And I realized over the lockdown that actually... I wanted to reach more people. I wanted to serve the next generation as well. And I didn't want anyone to get burnout or experience any stress-related illness. So then Balance for Teachers was born. So it's okay if your purpose is, you know what? And I've worked with teachers and they've said, you know what? I want people to know that I care, right? I want, I've got another teacher. She's fantastic. She wants people to find their voice, right? She struggled to find her voice for years. She eventually found her voice And she was like, I want to help others find their voice. So she listens to people. And that's her purpose. Every day she shows up and tries to listen. And I think when you have your purpose, you can then look at your core values. Why am I here? And how am I going to achieve that? So your core values are, how am I actually going to achieve that? So how am I showing up? For her, it was, I'm going to show up and listen first. And then I'll answer. So it's it's that idea of, number one, looking at your purpose and core values. And I mean, curious, right? Saying no to me sounds like a child that's having a tantrum, right? No, not doing it, no. Now, we're not in that world. We're working in teams now, right? So what we get to say is, instead of saying no, and if you pop on my Instagram account, I have an infographic that explains all this. Um, I'm sure we'll go through all that and we'll send you that way. So it's um, balance for teachers. And what we're looking at is when someone comes to you and they say, um, could you just, uh, I don't know, I've had uh, an example before of, could you just help the NQT mark her books? And this teacher was like, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> I haven't got time, right? Um, so... What I always say to people, if someone jumps at you with, can you do this? That is a request, not a demand, right? Take Mm -hmm. a breath, take a breath, walk away, have a think. Does it align? Can you make it work? Now, if immediately you go, no, I'm not doing that. Doesn't align with my belief and core values. I'm not adding that additional workload. I can't stick to my boundaries. You might say, do you know what? I appreciate, listen to them first. I appreciate you want me to mark these books. However, it's not going to work in terms of my capacity right now. However, here's an idea. What if she marks them and I quickly review them, right? I found a solution. It works for both of us. Um, Now, It could be that it's a straight no, in which case you might point them in a direction of someone else. So you're breathing to go, does this work for me? If it does, okay. If not, make an agreement. You don't have to straight out say no. Same thing with your to-do list, right? You don't have to go, oh, no, I'm just not going to do that. You go, well, part of me wants to do it and part of me doesn't want to do it, right? I want to go to bed. Well, could I move this stuff to another time so I know it's going to get dealt with? then I can go to sleep, right? So it's making agreements rather than saying, okay, I'm just going to say no and walk away because that's probably not going to happen. So the only way you can make an agreement is understanding why is it part of me doesn't want to say no as well. So it does go that little bit deeper. So one, know your purpose and core values. 
to be willing to make agreements with others. And if you're really feeling riled up about someone asking you something, then I would listen to yourself and what it means to you. What is the consequence? If you're going, I really don't want to say no because I'm worried I'm going to lose my job, then how are you going to support yourself so you don't feel like you're going to lose your job? And if you did lose your job, could you go and get another one, right? It's answering the unknown in your mind to reduce the threat. So hopefully that's useful for the teachers and senior leaders that are listening. That's super. Thank you so much. So where can we find out more about you? Where can we follow you? Um, So the website, which will have all of the social media on there is uh, www.worklifebalanceforteachers.com. We are on Instagram as Balance for Teachers. Um, Twitter is Balance Teachers. You get the gist. Um, And if you type in Balance for Teachers on Facebook, you'll also find us on Facebook. We have um, a five-day free Discover Life Outside Work Challenge. Um, And the idea is for you to see if the way that I work works for you. Um, for some people it does for some people it doesn't and you know I'm a preacher of finding your alignment and if it doesn't align that's absolutely okay Um, but we run a five-day free discover life outside work challenge and the idea is to show you that in 15 minutes a day you can discover a life outside work we've had great results in just five days so if you can spare yourself 15 minutes a day for five days I've shared the link I think with yourself Claire and um, so mm-hmm. it can go in the bio and anyone who wants to come on and just enjoy the five days the idea is to change the education se- sector one teacher at a time and um, so every teacher that comes onto the challenge um, we've had hundreds of teachers so far and I get incredible results just in five days and it just shows what's possible no matter what part of the education system you work in yeah oh, I love that so much might have to do it myself um, but we'll make sure that it's in the show notes thank you no worries thanks Claire thank you for listening the teachers podcast is in association with classroom secrets a provider of high quality and affordable teaching resources that children love and teachers trust To find out more, visit classroomsecrets.co.uk.